All right. So uh, you guys can all see the screen. We've got uh, got that up there. So I wanted to. Uh, this is this is uh, I think lesson twenty eight, and we're starting James chapter four, verses one through four today. And uh, last week Andrew did a review of chapter three, and I was away, but I, I was able to listen to the audio afterwards. But something that I, I almost have to mentally force myself to do when I get to a chapter break in a book is to um, is just to be careful and to uh, as much as possible kind of try to ignore it um, understanding that the chapter breaks aren't aren't inspired they, they weren't there James didn't put them there um, and uh, and it's, it's really helpful to to see the the uh, the connection um, more than the disconnection at a, at a chapter break um, because when he sat down to, to write this, you know, it all flowed out and it, and it comes together. I mean, some, those who chose the chapter breaks tried to do it at a point where there's a bit of a change in, in, in theme or topic or something like that, but it's important to, to see the connection. So, um, so I wanted to just kind of answer the question here as, as we review a little bit, uh, what is the context that we just studied in, in chapter three? So, um, and I guess it's up on the screen there. So uh, the basic context that I wanted to draw out is the, the the two kinds of wisdom that James has just been speaking about in in chapter three. And uh, the first uh, the first kind I've got illustrated here with this this tree diagram, and and um, it's it's earthly that we uh, James says earthly natural demonic wisdom, and um, and if you look at uh, at, at chapter uh, three verses 14 through 16. And, and we've looked, we looked at that, but um, those verses tell us that, uh, that the root uh, of, of this wisdom is the bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. And we've talked, we've used the word source um, and, and, and that kind of term, but I, here I illustrated it with the tree and, and, um, and it's, it's this selfish jealousy that's behind uh, all of man's wisdom. And so the tree there is, is labeled as, as man's wisdom or this earthly wisdom. Um, and then, and then verse 16 in chapter three tells us that, um, that the, the fruit, uh, or what comes out of this wisdom or what this wisdom produces is disorder and every evil thing or every evil practice. And, um, and it doesn't, James doesn't use the, the tree illustration, uh, in, in, in reference to this earthly wisdom, but I, I chose to do this because when we uh, turn and look at um, the wisdom from above, and, and here I've got this, I just flipped the tree upside down, um, because uh, rather than, than being sourced in self, self-will and selfishness, um, this wisdom from above is, is sourced in, in Christ and who, and who he is and what his nature is. And, and it comes down from above, hence the upside down tree. Um, and, and then James gives us this long list of adjectives in, in 3 verse 17, describing the nature of this wisdom. And he, he says it's pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, uh, impartial, unhypocritical. And, uh, and, and I, I, I picked up on the, the, full of good fruits. And that's where I started thinking of the, the tree um, picture here. Um, and, uh, and so that's the, uh, 
that's the, the becomes the contrast the the fruit or the produce the production of this wisdom from above is um is, is in contrast to the the production of the of man's wisdom so um and 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 then in verse 18 and this kind of built on that uh that analogy and, and is that uh james uses the metaphor of a seed and uh and in verse 18 he says and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace and um and this seed sowing is an act of peacemaking in the church and that's really important uh for the context in chapter four because uh in in or sorry in the, the context in chapter four because the contrast uh is between making peace here and and when, when we start chapter four we we see that people are waging war so there's a so that's the contrast and i think that when we see that connection we'll understand a little bit more what james is talking about here if we see that the fruit of this wisdom from above is is peacemaking uh, or is peace, then we understand that the, if there's if there's war, if there's quarrel and conflict going on, um, then we get an idea of where it's sourced from, right? So, so let's look at uh, at the verses for today. I don't know. Does someone want to read read those verses four one through four? What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your cravings that are at war within you? You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your evil desires. Adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, these are some rough, rough verses, hey? Uh, yeah. Jim, can I ask what translation that was? I really like that. That's the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Holman Christian. Okay, okay. See, I don't have that in my, in my software. And, mm. uh, and some of, the, ver some of the, the way he translated those, those words there are, are uh, some of the ones I really picked up out of the Greek interlinear, and I think they're really good, so... Yeah, the, uh, the Holman Christian Standard uses the uh, principle of translation of the uh, dynamic equivalent. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like some of the way they phrase some of these things. Yeah, it's yeah, good. that was good. That was really, I think, a good, a good translation. So, mm -hmm. so and, and, and that's great because I, I like that it used the word war rather than, than quarrels. Not that there's anything wrong with quarrels necessarily, mm -hmm. but... My first uh, question is, uh, is where is this war raging? Because um, I didn't put the Greek interlinear up here where it says, from where come wars and from where come fights among you? Mm. And, um, and that's why, I, I, you know, in contrast to, to the, the context of, of peace in the verse before, now we see war. And, um, and I, I wanted to ask the question, where is this war raging? Now, I think most of the translations... Um, that I looked at get this right when they say among you. Um, but that word among is the, um, is the Greek word en, which is simple to identify because it sounds pretty much like in. And when you see it, you, you know that the word in or among is being used, but we don't always know um, exactly which one without looking at the context. 
and I know there's an important use of it where, where Jesus says, um, you know, don't you know the kingdom of, of kingdom of God is, is, and the, and the King James said in you or within you. And that le- that's led to a lot of misunderstandings because the kingdom of God is not something inside of us. Um, and so sometimes it's really important to, to identify, is it, is it in or is it among? And, and here um, it would make a big difference as well, because we could, um, we could look at uh, what Paul says in Romans 7, and I'll just read uh, 7, 22 and 23 there on the screen there. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. So, um, so Paul there is talking about this, this war that goes on uh, inside of us or with, within us as believers. Um, but that's, I don't think that's what James is, is talking about here. And we'll see why as we continue on, but we just want to kind of have this clear in our minds. We don't want to kind of confuse us with the internal war that, uh, that Paul describes there in Romans seven. But um, three, three reasons that, I I, uh, I think that uh, James is talking about uh, a different war, a different uh, that's not within you. Because first first of all, uh, like I said, "n" uh, can can be translated "in" or just as easily "among," depending on context. So "among" is a is a fine translation. Uh, the second reason is um, the word "you" there is is in the plural. So when it says uh, "wars and conflicts among you." It's not you singular, it's, it's plural. And then um, the third reason is the context shows us as we continue on here that the source of the war is envy, which of course is something that you can't really exercise within yourself. It's, it's an, it's a, it, well, it is, is within you, but it's because of what others have outside of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the result of that is murder, which is obviously a sin against others, not against yourself. So, um, Three reasons why what James is is talking about here is is quarrels and conflicts or war that that goes on um, with within the church, um, and so um, so we want to ask the question then uh, why why is there this war going on within the church why why is that happening so um. I was going to leave. Oh, I've got. To, I was going to say. I was going. To, I put these questions in so I could have a little, little interaction feedback. If anyone wants to, I don't want to just ram through the answer. If someone wants to uh, comment on that, and this one's a fairly simple answer because it's right in the verse. But I think it's from yeah. selfish desires. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're all selfish in, in yes. ways. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, and and he says there is not the source your your, your pleasures or or your selfish desires and or um, and and depending on the translation, um, you'll see pleasures or lusts or passions there. Um, we want to be clear that I, I don't think contextually that that has anything to do with sexual um, desires. Um, in in the context of chapter three, James is referring to the selfish desires and selfish ambitions that are the root of earthly wisdom. And, um, and so that's the, that is the, the source of, um, of, of this, this war, this conflict that, that exists, um, within the church. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's interesting that James doesn't, doesn't ask if this quarreling is going on. Um, he, he assumes that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, he simply, he simply asks what the cause of it is. And, um, so there's, uh, the, the, I think, I think what's important to recall from that word selfish ambitions from, from chapter three, um, is that, uh, there's a, remember it kind of carried a sense of, uh, of trying to get yourself into a position uh, above others, um, the word the word electioneering uh, came up, basically kind of jockeying for for position, um, and uh, and I just wanted to ask the question. Uh, this one's not on the slides, but do you do you think that selfish ambition ever leads to hostility in the church? I mean, James here uh, says that it does, um, you know, but. Uh, do we do we see that going on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, we're sinful beings. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It, it all comes from envy and covetousness mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. I want what he has, but I can't have it, so I'm going to get angry. And so, yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. It's just a fleshly nature. Yeah, yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when you, it, it, it's easy to read this this verse and kind of think, well, I don't know who James was writing to, but I'm I'm sure glad we don't, you know, have this going on in our yeah, assembly right. and and yeah, <laughs> you know, when you when you really um, think about some of the thoughts that that come into our hearts and and uh, and sometimes are are expressed, but you know, sometimes. Um, you know, it's not, you know, right, right to the person that you're, uh, um, envious of or, you know, but, uh, but sometimes we, we, we make comments, you know, behind someone's back or to someone else or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and, um, you know, I just, I just wrote down here that, that pride is a, pride is a really deadly enemy of, of the believer. Um, you know, I, I just, I realize that it's it's exactly contradictory to the the nature of Christ, you know, Jesus who who uh, humbled himself more than than all, more than anyone else, you know. And here we are um, feeling that we deserve some some recognition or some some level of uh, of uh, significance, and um, and and. Uh, I guess I, I this I wrote this question in my notes. It's maybe funny. I've been listening into the the Titus class as well, um, the recordings of it, and uh, and I, I wrote down here. I said, "Do you think that pride is a tempting snare for someone who would have an office like teacher or elder in the church?" And I think it really can be. I think it's probably um, it probably is one of the greatest temptations. Um, I know that Paul dealt with it. You know, he says that he was given a thorn in the flesh to to uh, keep him from exalting himself. Um, so, I think it's really important to understand and keep in mind that uh, that it's it's very very easy for us to, with our sinful nature to to become proud. So, this well, is very, yeah. And I think too. Uh, I don't know if this is a rabbit trail or not, but but sometimes it's it's 
from fear. You know, it's like you're envious of other people because you don't believe that God will take care of you. And then, you, you know, you have to you have to take care of yourself because, you know, otherwise no one else will. Mm-hmm. And so you think, well, they've got this and they've got this and I need this because because otherwise, you know, I, you know, I'm afraid of what might happen or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think fear. Um, fear is a big motivator for the flesh you know, in many, many different ways. Um, but it's often very much involved in, in the fleshly desires. I think that's true. Um, go ahead. One of the things this verse really brings out strongly is that, um, our lusts are at war. Uh, and if you think about that, uh, not only are they at war with our new nature, but they're at war with uh, the new nature and other believers. Yeah. And, yeah, that's uh, right. That's something that God would be so careful to teach us these things here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, um, the, the continuing part of that, that phrase is your pleasures, which wage war in your members. And, um, and this is this is interesting um, because the the word behind uh, wage war. Do I have? I guess I do have this on the screen. Yeah, I, I not maybe not going to attempt to pronounce that right now, but that's one of the longer uh, Greek words. But it's um, it's a it's a present middle participle, right. um, which we get translated wage war, and um, and the uh, the Greek interlinear has that as warring because because it's a participle um but i, I really uh, appreciated this uh definition from from larry pierce it was on blue letter bible he says uh, to make military expedition or to lead soldiers to war or to battle and um and the uh the idea here is that your selfish desires are leading out your body parts to war Hmm. Uh, the it's it's kind of it's kind of a unique it's kind of a really interesting colorful um picture actually when you um when you see waging war or warring in that in that sense the the word melos or members um there is is used of course throughout the new testament to, to refer to body parts um and it's often used by paul as a as a metaphor for the individual members of the body of christ and so we're pretty familiar with using it that way um, but James has used this this term melos twice in the preceding chapter to to refer to the physical body parts of a believer. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think we'll then understand a little bit better what he's saying here um, in, in James 3, 5 to 6. So he says, uh, so also the tongue is a small part, melos, member of the body. Uh, and yet it boasts of great things. Um, and we'll jump down into verse 6. Uh, the tongue is set among our members, same word uh, in the plural, Malassan, uh, as that which defiles the entire body. So the two previous times here in close context where James used uh, melos, he was referring to a part of the believer's physical body, specifically the tongue. And, um, 
and and it would be you know when I first read this I thought okay this uh, pleasures wage war in your members um, and I thought that fit with this conflicts among you plural this conflict among believers and I thought this waging war among your members the members of the body of Christ is what I thought um, which would fit with that context but I think though the war is amongst believers the the instruments of war are the body parts and I think particularly our tongue particularly the tongue of the uh of the believers is what is is what is used um by the the sin nature to wage war against other believers so um and and, and i think that james does have the tongue primarily in mind um because of the context there but i, I don't think it's limited to that body part or he would have just probably said tongue um, but it's not limited to the to the the tongue. Um, and the, so the idea is that our desire to have what another believer has is what leads our tongues out into battle against against other believers. And that's a I just thought that's a pretty ugly thought that us as as fellow members of the body of Christ would go to battle against one another, you know, uh, line up to to uh, blow each other away with our with our tongues, <laughs> you know, so any, any thoughts on that? That's kind of the, that's kind of gets us to the end of verse one. And I, um, but pretty interesting to you. Kind of all sums up himself, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So well, one of the things here too, is it's a middle voice, which means the actor being us is receiving benefit from the action Right. Uh, it's a self-focus. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's look at verse two. Um, now I, I've split off just the first two sentences of verse two, and then we'll pick up the last part with verse three, because I think it fits together better there. But when you look at the first part of verse two, um, there's this parallel here. And, and I love this. I, I think Andrew pointed this out a while back. Um, can't remember which passage he was on, but he showed some parallels to some of the Psalms and Proverbs. And I, I've recognized that James um, uh, was was just thoroughly uh, saturated in the Old Testament scriptures. And, and I think this this just this just reminds me so much of of um, of a proverb here. He says, "You lust and you do not have, you, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel." And, and that kind of uh, parallel phrase like that is so common to the to the Jewish mind, um, and and it helps it, it makes helps make clear what what one phrase or the other means to us. So um, now I, I ask the question: How strong is the desire for the very thing that we don't have and can't get? And it's an interesting thing. I, I thought we have this expression in, in English, right? Um, the grass is always greener where <laughs> always on the other on the other side of the fence right um and and it's 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 amazing how our desire uh, will be so strong for the thing that we don't have just because we don't have it sometimes you know and 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 James is is saying that that desire is so strong that it, it can drive us to murder. Um, and, um, do, you know, does James, is James talking about, you know, literal, straightforward, phys like physical murder? Um, 
I, I certainly hope it never goes that far uh, in the in the body of Christ. But I I, um, I put up here First John three fifteen, um, which I think is uh, is important. Uh, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And um, and of course, we could look at, at Jesus in Matthew five, um, where he talks about murder and, and says essentially the same thing in, in more words. But but if we understand that hatred is the heart of murder, hatred is the the mindset behind murder, um, then we understand that uh, that there's there's no difference, um, um, really. And um, and I wanted to uh to look at um the just the fact that the 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 symmetry or the parallelism between these two phrases is is in line with that um where he's he he's 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 uh comparing or or uh placing fighting and quarreling uh, alongside murder um and so he's describing this situation of selfish fighting as as murder. But I think one thing that's really important here um, that is up on the screen is is from um, is to realize that this is not uh, new ground for James in in this book. Um, in in two uh, verses ten and eleven, he says, "For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point." He's become guilty of all for he who said, do not commit adultery also said, do not commit murder. Um, now, if you uh, do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And, you know, we, we, we could read those verses and think, wow, you know, I'm sure glad I, I've never committed either of those things, <laughs> you know. Um, but but have we hated our brother? You know, have we wanted what he has? Um and have we spoken words against him? And like I said, probably maybe not to his face, but probably behind his back, you know. Um, and and those those words uh, are are just like a, a knife in his back, you know. Um, they have the same root passion as murder, you know. And so I I, I think James has has been very careful with his words here to point this out, and then to show that if you hate your brother, you know you have. You have broken that law, but I wanted to make clear here that we can thank thank God that we are not under that law, right? And James has already made it clear in, in the next verse there that we are we are under the law of liberty. If but he's but he's made it very clear here. if we if we were to be judged by that law, we would be we would be uh, condemned as murderers. So um, it's important to understand that we're free we're free from the domination of those hateful murderous passions that are there. Uh, in, uh, come from a sin nature um even though even though they exist in us we are free from them so we're not we're not uh under the, under their dominion so let's look at um at the last part of verse two and and then verse three and, and i don't know uh depending on your background what these what these verses sound like to you but um he says you do not have because you do not ask you ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures um so is um here we could ask the question so why don't you have number one you didn't ask for anything <laughs> number two even if you asked you asked with wrong motives okay so that's why james is saying that's why you don't have um and, uh, and and what are the wrong motives? 
the the motive that drove you to quarrel and fight was your your pleasures your selfish desires so if we're asking the lord for something because we want the enjoyment of it for ourselves then we're asking with wrong motives so so then we want to we want to be really clear here is is james is james teaching the prosperity gospel the three question marks i think we could probably given where, where all of us are at today we we'll say absolutely not you know he's not we don't agree with that okay. but what is what is he saying right and uh, and of course you see i've got um i've got the verse up there that uh that will help give us clarity on this but um you know sometimes people will come to this a passage like this and, and think you know oh if we just have the right motives then god will give us every earthly thing um and but i i think that what james is talking about is is wisdom not um not material gain uh, at least not directly and um and and james 1 5 early in the in the book right at the beginning when he's setting up the whole the big picture here he says but if um oh that's a typo there but if any of you lacks wisdom let him ask god who gives generously without reproach uh, and it will be given him um and there's no uncertainty that we there's no hint of uncertainty in that verse is there that it will be given to him um but then in, in verses six and seven um if you were to look back in chapter one james clarifies that uh if you ask with doubting you will not receive anything from the lord um and now in chapter 4 verse 3 uh, james makes it clear that if you ask with wrong motives you will not receive um and um i just i'm just uh making sure i'm gonna have to i think i have time for this in james uh 1 uh 14 through 17 uh, he says, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing and every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. And I, I just wanted to notice how parallel that is with our verses in chapter 4 that following our lusts and desires leads to sin and death. And here it leads to quarrels and, and murder. Um, but every good gift comes down from above, from the Father. And we just saw in chapter 3 that this wisdom is something that comes down from above. It's a good gift that comes from, from the Father. So I, I don't think that James is, is teaching that we can ask for a Ferrari as long as we have the right motives and, and it'll be ours, right? Um, he's talking about, I think he's primarily talking about wisdom, about about this, as we've called, referred to as a, as a skill in living. And, and wisdom or skill in living is something within the church that can be used um, to rise to a level of prominence and, and authority over others, you know? Um, and and Solomon really came to mind here, and I, I kind of wondered if if James didn't have Solomon kind of in mind when he's talking about wisdom, um, because Solomon's a perfect perfect example of someone who was given immense wisdom, you know, and it it propelled him to levels of prosperity and prominence unlike anyone who had ever lived, you know, um, and he asked for it with the right motives, if we remember. 
but he eventually did misuse it and, and abuse that wisdom to satisfy his own desires, you know? Um, and, and I think that is a really good illustration of, um, you know, God did give him wisdom, um, because he asked for it with a, with a right motive. But even, even with that, um, it was, it was very corrupting in the end because that, that wisdom had the, um, uh, was, was ended up being used as a, as a means to really elevate himself. And, and can that go on in the church? I think that's what, I think that's what James is saying here, you know? So it's a very, um, it, it really kind of parallels or, or, or connects up with what he was saying in the beginning of chapter three. Let, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, um, because it's risky business, you know? Um, as soon as you, you get into a, a position or situation where you're, you're, you know, uh, some, some sort of level of, of authority, um, it's, uh, it, it can be, it can be a trap as if your if your pride gets involved. So, so I, I said there, God, God is not interested in giving us wisdom uh, when we ask with selfish, with selfish motives. So let's, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm moving kind of fast now and not leaving room for comment, but let's look at verse four. Maybe if we're, we got four minutes left. So, um, but feel free to comment. I don't want to. <laughs> Since you opened that door, Miles, Jimmy here. Yes. Um, Go for it. I, uh, I, I loved what you said about Solomon. I, re I remember a long time ago when I was reading that, that he asked for wisdom. He, and he, but he didn't ask for wealth and fame, and God was impressed with that, and he he gave him every everything that he didn't ask for, including wisdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I I think what's interesting is is I've, I've wrestled with this throughout the book of James, how much he seems to connect even right right back in chapter one when he's talking about asking for wisdom, and then all of a sudden he's talking about you you know you poor the poor man and the rich man and i i just couldn't couldn't quite you know connect what what wisdom has to do with with you know this this kind of wealth and affluence but when you look at solomon you kind of realize now like you said jimmy i mean god blessed him with that it's true but i think we can kind of understand when we understand the what what wisdom is that that wisdom uh you know um has has a has a way of uh of leading us into um you know into places of of uh of uh, you know um benefit in all, in all sorts of areas you know if you have wisdom and you can you know you can manage finance as well and that kind of thing i mean you can get ahead you know from an earthly um kind of kind of uh perspective um and and it can be, uh, and so, you know, but as we look at, at Solomon's life, we see that um, this very wisdom that he'd been given um, became, um, because of his, his sinful nature, became uh, very corrupting. But, yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting, and I want to understand that a little bit more in the book of James and how, how he seems to connect that. Um, and, uh, and because we, we see that... Um, you know, even even in this this last verse here, um, to to a certain degree, um, I'll just I'll just read it here. It says, "You adulteresses, uh, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be friends of the world makes himself an enemy of God." Um, and uh, and 
and these are uh, these are really scathing words, um, you know, um, and uh, it, it brought me right back to James uh, chapter two verse eleven, because uh, we where we saw the the word murder. Well, we also saw the word uh, adultery, right? And so I highlighted that here. You know, do not commit adultery and do not commit murder. And now in these four verses here, uh, James has has pointed out that uh, that really um, we're gu- we're guilty of both within the church. Um, uh, uh, not not outward murder, but the heart of murder. Um, not not uh, human uh, level sexual adultery necessarily, but but a much much worse uh, adultery. Um, and uh, uh, which is an, a, adultery uh, towards God, pers- pursuing our earthly desires, uh, placing those above above God, and um, and so. Uh, it, it, the again, we can be so thankful that we are not judged by that law, um, but the but the law of liberty in Christ Jesus, um, and the fact that we're governed under the the principle of freedom from the sin nature with its desires and lusts, and uh, we are placed in union with Jesus Christ, so that His life uh, might be expressed through us. And, and really, it's only as we recognize the truth, uh, that, that truth, um, that we will be uh, able to ask for wisdom with right motives. And, and the right motive is, is, the, is the benefit, uh, the growth and well-being of the entire body of Christ. And, um, and, and going back to James 1 verse 11. It says for the for the sun rises with a scorching wind and, gather, and and withers the grass and its flower falls off and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too the rich man, in the midst of his pursuits, will fade away, and that is the the end result of of using wisdom to uh, propel yourself to positions of um, of uh, status. And positions of of uh, of wealth, um, it, it it fades away and it it withers away and it's destroyed. And uh, and this is just kind of my my closing thought: is that uh, earthly wisdom used for my own benefit will produce results that will wither and fade away. Wisdom that comes down from above is freely given to those who ask for it out of the selfless character of Christ, in order to be used for the benefit of all the brethren so hopefully that that kind of puts those uh uh those verses into into a little bit of a little bit of clarity um i feel like there's there's a lot more that we could discuss about about this whole issue um and uh and hopefully over the over the week here you guys have the opportunity to continue thinking on that and the lord can continue to um work in your in each of our, our thinkings with those uh, those truths but yeah i am a little past time so let's let me close in prayer and, and heavenly father we just thank you for uh for your word that is so searching lord um to recognize that even within the body of christ uh we we can be uh subject to the selfish um envious desires of our our sin nature and, and we can allow those things to uh, to be expressed in, in uh, hateful, uh, murderous thoughts and words 
and we can exalt ourselves to a level um, where we, we really worship ourselves rather than you and uh, and in a, in a spiritual adultery. And Lord, we thank you that we we can know without doubt that we are dead to that sin nature. We are separated from the controlling influence and power of that uh, of that nature and those desires. And that we are free to walk in the liberty uh, that we have in Christ Jesus, um, free to have his life lived out and expressed through us, free to have his wisdom um, in us and producing the fruit of his righteousness through us so that the entire body would be uh, built up and would grow uh, into into our head, Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that in, in his name. Amen.